0: Hey YouTube, welcome back to the Paid Search Podcast. Oh my gosh, we're on audio too. Hey audio, welcome back to the Paid Search Podcast. It's a new year, it's 2020. Welcome back to the Paid Search Podcast. I guess you're waiting for it. I guess we can't start till I do it. Oh yes! There it is. Now we're ready to begin. My name is Jason Rothman. As always, even in the new year, a lot of speculation. Is he going to dump them? Is he going to keep them? Was there going to be a new co-host? Were there going to be two new co-hosts? No, no, no. I'm he here. them around. They're great... Oh, He's still alive. Oh, I'm mean, here. Chris, <laughs> <laughs> The aging. Mm. Chris. Chris, you look great. You don't Thank look you. your age. You mm-hmm. don't look any age, to be honest. No one knows if you're 24 or 48. You're just kind of there, and you look great. It's that CrossFit. It keeps you going. Mm-hmm. Brand new year. You can tell I'm fired up. Are you fired up? How's the year going for you so far, Chris?
1: Is, is it a great year for you so far? Uh, we, yeah, considering at the time of recording, this is the, uh, we're 48 hours or so into... Uh, less than that, yeah. <laughs> less than 48 hours into 2020. So far, it's been an amazing year for America, for the world. I mean, nothing has gone wrong yet that I know of. Um, so, it's great. Everything's great. Thank you, Jason. Uh, always happy to, uh, to have my friend back. I've missed you. I missed I miss you too. We took I miss a you bit too. Longer. Tell them
0: we've been away for a week and a half. You Even
1: know? though the schedule's been normal, you and I haven't talked uh yeah, for a week and a half, because uh, we had the New Year thing, we recorded early, and uh we're
0: back I know a lot of people don't believe that, Chris, they're like, Oh, it's a little banter for the No. We don't talk when we don't do this
1: show. And then when we see each other, it's like, oh, we should have talked. We we could talk, but we don't. (laughs) We could. Well, that's what's so great about the show is because it's not a job. It's like, oh, good. I I literally have a reason to like spend a couple hours with Jason. It's fun, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. We don't do it literally a minute outside of the time that we're monetizing each other. Um, So, it's very precious time. It's very precious time, but hey, that's what keeps the relationship clean. You know, that's mm-hmm. what
0: keeps everybody in order. You know that um, Chris, it matters. Did you have a Did you have a good
1: uh, Christmas? A good New Year's? A good break? Um, yeah, it's, it was great for New Year's. Um, I sat out um, outside with a fire, had a had a little fire going in my fire pit outside, and just listened to the to the sounds of of the country. Uh, which was mainly uh, gunshots and fireworks. Couldn't tell which. (laughs) Did you really hear gunshots (laughs) on New Year's Eve? (laughs) Oh, sure. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Um, Yeah, everybody has the day off, you know, like and didn't especially. Like, <laughs> what else are you going to do? Yeah. Like, so, oh, I got yeah, my gun. Yeah. What am I going to go shoot it? Blah, 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 blah. To our worldwide listeners, Europe,
0: Asia, just so you know, What I mean, what else are you going to do yeah. in America <laughs> on a day off than just, just shoot, shoot some guns? Your guns
1: so. Yeah, that's right. Shoot your so gun. Yeah. just sat out there. and The listening. hard
0: decision is you got to, you got to go to your closet with your guns and you gotta be like, which one? which gun do I shoot? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the hard decision when it comes to new years. Yeah. Yep. And then you're like, I'll just shoot them all.
1: Yeah. just shoot them all. So, um, it's a good, what did you, mainly what I did was sit on the back porch and just watch the fire and enjoy the semi-cold uh, December air. What about you? what did you do that evening? Cooked dinner, made some Brussels sprouts,
0: Brussels, sprouts. and uh, was out by 11 snoring in yep, bed because <laughs> new year, new year, it's not really a new year's resolution. I don't really do those. It just happened to be at this time, but I hit a low in the past few weeks with uh-huh. my- sleep schedule and all that. It's been a constant battle in my life. It's pretty much the only business battle I have. But my clock, my internal clock, you can look it up. This thing exists. There are night owls. I happen to be a night owl. But you know what's not a night owl, Chris? Capitalism. The rest of the business world. It's just not. (laughs) And it's been screwing up my life. And I just made, after hitting my low, I made a decision. Okay, I'm just uh, waking up, uh, by 6 45 a.m. in the morning every wow. single day of my life forever forever just like a sober alcoholic no more slip up. i can't slip up it just is what it is it's okay. no days off i wake up literally now between five and 6 45 every single morning and i get my work done and then i'm so tired by uh nine or ten or there eleven that i i fall asleep so that's kind of my like new year thing but it, okay. it just happened to be around that time
1: yeah so yeah i was out early that's good that's good and me too, I was any I mean, any line dancing with uh with strangers out there Chris um, those were the younger days back before children, and all the joy was sucked out of my social life so no none, none of that happens anymore um, you'll maybe someday you'll you'll learn just just how that goes to the crapper. Let me tell you guys so, about... Chris, tell
0: everyone, yeah, tell them what we're going to do today and let's get into it.
1: Yeah, we're going to answer questions from you guys and uh, you are a part of the show. Uh, we are lazy and uh, it's the first of the year and our newer- New Year's resolution is to not think up anything new. And so we're relying on your questions. That's what we're uh, going to do today. Uh, but before we do that, I'm going to tell you guys about a great tool, you've heard it before, People on the show that have been around for a while are big fans of it. It's called Optio, O P T E O dot com slash PSP. Let me tell you about this tool. This is the complete Google Ads management toolkit. You optimize your account using data-driven metrics every day. Jason and I are in the Google Ads interface. It's black and white. It's got a couple colors. It's got some pretty colorful buttons every now and then, but. You want to get more out of your campaigns. You want to go a little bit further, automate some of these processes. This is the tool to use. So you can increase keyword bids, right? Instead of just click, 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 and you look at this and try, should I do this? Should I do that? No, you can make solid decisions about increasing keyword click bids uh, with data-driven results. You can see what it's done in a comparison window, and it shows you. You can... Pause losing ads very easily. You can uh, visually see your ad schedule and optimize it. You can uh, do over 30 different improvement types. And all these things help you automate and get things done faster. So we're talking about optioopteocom O P T E O dot com slash PSP. This is a six week extended trial. If you're a normal person out there, You just sign up the normal way. You only get 30 days. With this way, you get a six-week extended trial. Great tool. Definitely recommend it. As many people have, go check it out. Sign up. I bet you'll like it.
0: Thanks, Chris. And I want to thank Directive Consulting. Everyone should check out directiveconsulting.com. They are the go-to agency for B2B and enterprise search engine marketing campaigns. It is Google ads, it is SEO, it is pay-per-click, but it really does differ depending on what kind of industry you're advertising for, what kind of campaign you're advertising for. There's the small little small business campaigns, and then there's B2B and enterprise. And for B2B and enterprise, we recommend you check out directiveconsulting.com. They do it all. They have every angle covered, every opportunity captured. It's not just about traffic and keywords. It's about meeting actual business objectives. And Directive has the talent and the tools to help you do that, whether it's pay-per-click, SEO, conversion rate optimization, landing pages, digital PR, Facebook, social media advertising, content marketing, and analytics. They do it all. Go to their website, look at some of their case studies. You're going to be blown away and get a free custom proposal. B2B and enterprise search engine marketing, directiveconsulting.com. Get your free custom proposal at directiveconsulting.com today.
1: Jason, I know you said that uh, you're trying to get your sleep better. You know, you're, you were at a little bit of a low. I always like to, to give you a, an uplifting moment in uh, in the podcast, how about I read a wonderful comment from one of our listeners, Les from Perth in Australia. And because I greatly respect the wonderful country of Australia, I will do it not in an Australian accent. And I'll, I'll read it to you guys. So, it says, hi, Chris and Jason, wishing you both a very happy new year and a great 2020 ahead. When it comes to Google ads, the PSP is the ultimate podcast in the universe. I have honed my ad skills so much in 2019 via the PSP more than anywhere else. The weekly topics covered are so very relevant. They address the nitty gritty of every part of the ads management. So well, a combination of humor and seriousness makes the podcast fun to listen to. Please keep up the good work. Your contribution to the wider PPC community is certainly valued. Also, a special thanks to Chris for his one-to-one training sessions in November 2019, which has led to another four-month management contract extension from my client. I am more confident now than ever before 2020 equals new clients. So, that's awesome. I remember working with Les back in November, and I remember he was uh, really focused on getting that that contract, so... Uh, that's awesome glad to hear back from you les and uh thanks guys who send in those comments i was just telling my wife the other day i was like i really love you know getting feedback from people all around the world and in the u.s and and everywhere uh, about how the podcast impacts them so that's great so without further ado jason are we ready to go with question number one
0: yep And thanks for sending in your question, everyone, Um, paidsearchpodcast.com, contact page, you can send in your questions, we do these every few weeks, and we love doing them. So anytime you have a Google Ads question, send it in there. So the first question comes from Jason from New York. I am experimenting with a call-only search campaign for a client who wants phone calls. I essentially duplicated the ad groups and keywords from a functioning search campaign. My ads are not showing due to low ad rank. My bids are competitive for most keywords, though, and there is no quality score. What should I do? And by no quality score, probably pulls up the quality score column and sees a blank line there. Yeah. So what should he do, Chris? And (laughs) really, you thought you would be the qualified one to answer this question
1: no 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 i as i know because is this I've been, open for discussion yes it absolutely is you, okay then you i'll just, go ahead yeah no, oh, no oh, i'm wait. kidding i'm kidding you go ahead <laughs> no i at least get go to answer ahead. first
0: okay yeah, let's see. let's see what you got okay so, it so up here. all right hold on everybody i hope you're sitting down where i guess we're about to be blown
1: away here okay you ready <clears throat> here we go i hope so, so jason from new york uh thank you for your question My thought is, now I don't have all the information based on what you put in your your message, but it sounds like you duplicated your ad groups and kept them in the same campaign. Uh, If that's the case, I'm immediately concerned because there's one thing that you should definitely know all our listeners should know this. If you use call only ads, uh, and I learned this from the award winning manager, Jason Rothman, my partner and life partner or whatever the word is nowadays. Um, He told me that it is very important to keep your bids at different levels for, for different keywords. So if you run a keyword, let's say carpet cleaner, right? And you have a text ad, carpet cleaner. Then you have another text ad, uh, or excuse me, a call-only ad with the same keyword, carpet cleaner. If you have those in the same campaign, the text ad will continue to get all the traffic because there's an artificial bar in the system that will keep the call-only ad from showing. So whereas a carpet cleaner might get a click for $5, the call-only ad might need a bit of $10 in order to even show up. Because what I think happens is there's a limited... Uh, impression window for the colony ads, because number one, it can only show up on mobile. And number two, because it doesn't have an ability to be clicked. I think the, the quality score doesn't relate to the website, all that kind of stuff. So I think you have to artificially boost it with a higher bid. That's my thought. So I think Jason, the short answer to this is basically, you've got to put these into a separate campaign and you need to double, possibly triple the bids because you got to get serious about this call only stuff. Because if you get a call, it's basically a CPA, right? It's not a cost per click. It's a cost per action is what you're bidding on. So you can't bid a $4. If your CPA is typically $16, then maybe you need to bid $16, $20, something like that to be able to really get on the board. Jason, enlighten us.
0: Chris, I think uh, for Jason up there in New York, we have to break this down into two different Possible areas. The first thing, based on the information we have that I think about, is a technical issue. So, did you copy this campaign, uh, put call only ads in this copied campaign? But when you copied it, you happen to have a mobile bid adjustment of negative 70% because that's just what you had happened to have on your mm. old campaign. Maybe there's something like that going on. Check your mobile bid adjustment, check your calls bid adjustment, make sure those aren't off and like. Making your ads not show. So if it's not a technical issue like that, then it's a performance issue. And Chris, I I think you were you're on track with what you're saying there. It's just a lot of things you said I agree with. I just don't have hard facts to back them up. It's just based on experience. It seems like for call only, you have to bid more than you're used to bidding on regular ads. That is not a hard set rule. No, it depends on the industry, depends on your city, depends on where you're running. But that has been my experience that often I run into that issue. In order to compete with expanded text ads with all their text and all the ad extensions that play a role in quality score that can be applied to expanded text ads campaigns that can't be applied to like site links, for example, that can't be applied to call only ads. It seems like it's hard to compete sometimes. You throw on top of that. Not only does someone have to be on a mobile search to see a call-only ad, you throw on top of that, they have to be on a smartphone search. It can't just be mobile and maybe the phone doesn't have the technical requirement. It's got to be like a real nice phone, a new phone. Not new in the sense of this year, but this generation, you know. can't be some kind of weird, cheap smartphone. It's got to be a real smartphone. Then you throw on top of that, it just seems like on on desktop people are a lot more likely to see the third ad, see the fourth ad at the top of the screen because it's at the top. But then if you think about mobile, that top ad takes up the full screen in a lot of times. The top two ads definitely usually take up the, the full window above the fold. So it seems like on call only, you have to be more competitive in that sense. So I would say you just got to raise your bids. Use the preview tool, see where your ads are showing up. Try to get to that First two or three, at least, positions on mobile. See if your ads are showing up on the preview tool. Keep bidding until you get to that point. And what else can you do, Chris? I mean, that's what you got to do. I have seen some situations where call only did not get the job done in a low population market. Yep, yep. For some clients I've had, it just wasn't enough volume. Yeah. So you may have to run traditional ad campaign alongside it. You can also add run traditional ads in the same campaign and just maybe put a mobile, uh, put a calls bid adjustment on there. But sometimes it is just tough with low uh, population.
1: Yeah, that's a good but point. It sounds
0: like a bidding issue. It sounds yeah. like a bidding issue. It
1: sounds issue. like a bidding um So, to, just to, to clarify, when Jason talked about changing your call bids, just to clarify, that's the advanced bidding option that's available down on the advanced left, left side of the page. You're going to, well, I'm. Um, Depends on what interface you're using, but um, it, it's the advanced bidding option. You can bid up things that have to do with calls. Um, so that's important. And then number two, if you're doing a zip code, you're doing like six, seven zip codes or maybe a small radius. I think, Jason, you hit it right on the nose there. That could definitely be the issue. You can run bids on a text uh, campaign and get some, our text ad campaign, get clicks on a, you know, a couple zip codes, a couple, uh, small, three mile radiuses, but you start doing that on call only. And I mean, you might get a bunch well, of, you're zeros. just,
0: you're shrinking about 40%. You're, you're removing about 40% of the traffic just yeah. on an average industry. Yeah. Desktop searches. Um, the one final thing I'll say, Chris is if you have to convince yourself or convince a client to raise the bids and ask yourself, why do I have to raise the bids? Like you were saying, a click on a call only ad can be more valuable and it should be more valuable than a click on an expanded text ad because instead of going to the website where they may or may not contact you, they're calling you where they can call you and and get in touch with them directly.
1: So there's some more value there. Jason, we are staying in the state of New York. For another question, this one's from Michael uh, and he says, guys, I love the podcast. Here is my question. Short version is this. He says, how do you day part smart bidding strategies when Google ads won't let you adjust? Uh, say, for example, the target CPA bids at different times of the day. Okay. That's the short version. Let me, let me give you a little more expansion on that. Cause I think it warrants it. He says, uh, he's had great success with overall target CPA, smart bidding. However, I now have a good sense of which times and days of the week are most profitable for me. So he's considering setting up separate target CPA campaigns with an increased bid in place of the manual CPC campaigns. However, given that he has seven to eight distinct day time periods that he wants to create. He's now looking at possibly having to create seven or eight new target CPA campaigns for each one. He says, have you come across this issue? If so, did you deal with this? So this one's interesting. I think I know what you're going to say, but, uh, I don't do you think, think you do.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. the, <laughs> The nice thing about my target CPA knowledge is that it's ignorant because I don't do target CPA that often. (laughs) I do it like once every, I don't know, once once or twice a year, I run into a problem with a campaign where my world-class Michael Jordan level best in the world management with my manual bids doesn't get the job done for whatever reason, you know, lightning strikes, whatever. Things happen. Then I tried target CPA and then I got to learn about target CPA, blah, 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 blah. One thing I have in my memory about Target CPA, and I have it pulled up here with some documentation. I'm going to tell you what's in my memory, and then we're going to read the documentation and see if it's correct. Say you put a Target CPA of $40 on an ad group, because back when I was doing Target CPA more, it was set at the ad group level. So you set it at the ad group level. You're telling Google, get me a $40 cost per conversion. What I was told is that if you have a device bid adjustment of... 10% 10% positive, like plus 10%. What you're telling the system is say plus 10% on mobile. On mobile, I'm telling Google my my target CPA is now my target CPA plus 10% and my target CPA goes to 44%, 40 times uh, a 10% adjustment. So I've got this pulled up. It says Device bid adjustments. This is Google Ads help. Device bid adjustments for target CPA allow you to prioritize conversions by device. You can set adjustments for desktop, tablet, mobile. Um, unlike bid adjustments for manual CPC that the world class Jason Rothman does and prefer. <laughs> oh, no, it doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I'm it just says. picturing that. It, no, it doesn't say that. Your bid adjustments for target CPA modify the value of your CPA target rather than the bids themselves. For best performance, you may want to remove your manual CPC bid adjustments when switching to target CPA. If your target CPA is $10 and setting a bid adjustment of 40% for mobile will increase your target CPA to $14 on mobile devices to prevent your ads from showing on mobile, you could set, okay, blah, blah, blah. But so I am still right about that, Chris. So the question is, what if you're doing target CPA and then you set time of day bid adjustments on your schedule, mm-hmm. would that then allow you to be more aggressive with a higher cost per conversion target um, during those times so like if you do really good from 3 to 5 p.m on wednesdays you could put plus plus 20 percent and increase your target cpa target plus plus 20 percent 3 to 5 p.m on wednesdays so that's the only thing i can think of other than setting up a bunch of campaigns with their individual but the thing is i don't know if time of day bid adjustments works the same way for target cpa as device bid adjustments
1: yeah what do you think well, according to... His, we, I didn't read that part of the question, but Michael says in his email that he says... Um, well, I'll, I'll just read it. For target CPA campaigns, the ad schedule bid adjustment feature is live but has no actual effect. And he says, I've confirmed with Google that this feature has no effect for smart bidding campaigns. I I don't know what to say because... I. I, I Okay, so everything I just said
0: is not, is according to Michael. According to Michael. Who says he got it confirmed that t- schedule bid adjustments don't apply to Target CPA. They don't modify it like the way device does. Is that what you're saying?
1: I. I mean that's what he says. I don't know if I believe it. I have I've not heard that. It's honestly a surprise because most of the time in the system if there if something does not work in the way that it's supposed to work, it's usually de-emphasized. Well then
0: Michael, you answered your own question here, buddy. You're going to put me through a hula hoop here. If you're saying that target CPA bid adjustments don't get recognized at the schedule level, then yes, your only option is to create a bunch of campaigns with different schedules and different CPA targets. So if you want to go down that road, buddy, go down that road. But I don't live that life. Because Mm -hmm. if I know part of my week is more profitable than other parts, then I do something called manual bids. And with manual bids, the schedule bid adjustments are recognized. Yeah, And I've confirmed that. So how about that? Yeah. So no, if you want to go, I don't know, Chris, it's like, you got to make a choice here. Either you want to do things manually or you want to do target CPA. And you know what? Maybe it is true that you lose the effect of those. They don't have an effect at the schedule level when you do target CPA. You know why they don't? Because target CPA gets you your target CPA and you let the system make all those decisions for you. So maybe if the system sees, yes, your times of this week that you think are most profitable, If they're seeing that as well with conversions, they'll be more aggressive during those times. So either sit back, watch a Yankee game or a Met game if you're a Mets fan. You're not watching a Knicks game. I know that for sure because they suck and you guys (laughs) know that and you haven't won a championship since the 70s. Even though you have one of the best buildings and brands (sighs) ever, you got to do something with that team. But anyway, Chris, it's like do manual bids if you want to do this manually or Use Target CPA the way it's supposed to be used, and trust the system, and let the system be smarter than you, and, and recognize all yeah. these things for you.
1: I, I, I feel, I feel like, yeah, I, I, I throw that pencil because I feel like Michael is he's wanting his uh, both sides of you're you're trying to run something based on automation, but you feel like you're smarter than the automated system, and you want to somehow force the system to make decisions based on what you want. So Where's
0: my damn
1: <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you want to to do that, I feel like you should really move towards manual. I think that's going to be your best choice, and and if uh, if you're going to run down multiple campaigns,
0: sorry, Chris, I just I just had the feeling that I was just being toyed around with. It feels like it feels like Michael's won. Like I came up with I came up with my answer, and then I see it there that my answer's not valid, and I don't know. I'm just ready for that New York lifestyle, Chris. Just every day you're ready to fight with people because that's how you have to be to survive (laughs) in the concrete jungle, Chris. Eight million people on a little island. I love it. I'm ready for it. How are, you, how are you doing? How am I doing? You're going to ask me how I'm doing. Who's asking? <laughs> but no, here in the Midwest, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks, oh, yeah. for nice. the
1: Thanks so much for asking. Yeah. <sighs>
0: Jason, yeah, tell us. Around with that tell us about bit. the next question. Before that, Chris, I want to remind everybody we have an awesome forum we've started for paid search podcast listeners. Go to the paid search podcast website, paidsearchpodcast.com. Click the form button, head over to the forum, create an account, ask your questions, converse with people, mm-hmm. and have a lot of fun. It's growing and I love it. So this next question comes from Vincent from Houston. Hello, guys. My question is, can you talk about custom affinity versus custom intent targeting features on GDN, Google Display Network campaigns? Also, when to use one over the other and how to make the most of these two targeting options. Glad I'm asking that question, not answering.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And this, this is something I, I know I've wore Jason out on, on uh, previous shows. So I, I, I can definitely say Vincent definitely go back and listen to anything having to do with display. Cause I know we've talked about it before, but let me lay it out. I'm going to answer your second question first, when to use either one for uh, making the most out of the targeting. So the question to that is, Use both, and I, before I explain how they work and the difference between the two, the answer to the question is use both of them because you want to run them concurrently and test to see how they perform. Because if I told you, "Hey, this one's better," you should definitely use it. That wouldn't really work, you know. I have no idea what industry you're working on. I have no idea what your 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 goal is, or so. How can I possibly tell you? So the answer is run both, and you determine which one better fits your goals of the campaign. So. As far as the custom affinity and custom intent targeting, uh, first I have to address the custom. When it comes to custom, it means that you build it yourself. So you pick the parameters that uh, Google chooses. So when it comes to custom affinity, that has to do with someone who has a habit or a hobby. Okay, so they are placed in this audience um, by Google that is based on how... They search what videos they watch, the pages they go to, things they do day in and day out, and they appear to be someone who really enjoys fitness, someone who really enjoys baseball, someone who really enjoys uh, makeup, you know, or beauty products. The New York Knicks. So that's custom affinity. And the custom has to do with the fact that you get to pick what that is. It's not a predetermined category. As there are many predetermined categories, you get to create your own. Next is custom intent. Custom intent has to do with the fact that you create your own category as well. But intent has to do with more recent types of searches. Someone recently had a baby. You've done a new uh, move into a new home. Um, You're going to be doing certain types of searches. You're doing home improvement, or uh, you have some type of project, you're building something, or I mean, there's tons of intent. And so it appears that you're fitting within this category of needing a new dryer, or wanting to hire a mover, or wanting financing for a new car based on your intent, the type of pages you're looking at, the types of searches you're doing, the types of videos you're watching. So that's it. One of them is habitual. And uh, one of them has to do with What you're currently into, you know, a new phase of life or a new interest. So that's it. And as far as what you should be using, there is no correct answer. You should use both. You should test them separately in different ad groups. And then you decide which one you like better. And when they're custom, that basically means there's an infinite number of ways that you can generate those custom audiences. And just to be aware, when it comes to audiences, that is probably one of the most imprecise ways of targeting people because you really have no idea why a person sees an ad. So you got to be really careful. Often, I would suggest pairing it with a topic. So you set an audience, a custom intent audience, then you add it with a topic and maybe see how it works. Try a couple different topics, things like that. Um, But anyway, I've talked about that tons more on other episodes, um, but that's a brief overview. Jason? Tell me I get a good job. Uh, I
0: I can't go there emotionally today with custom intent. You know why, Chris? Because the promise is so promising. We did a big podcast episode on it. And then you get in there and it's like the settings had been changed around. And I built stuff out. I couldn't even save it. And I don't know. I I like a little remarketing. I like a little search. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you want to get fancy. Let's do a little YouTube, but yeah, I don't know.
1: I hear you. It's something to sample, Vincent. You'll get a ton, ton of impressions and clicks. So be careful, because whoa, 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 or you won't
0: because your your thing is super low volume. That's an issue I've run into. With all this customizing stuff.
1: Oh, oh! Just from my experience. No, not with not with audience. When it comes to audience, people are grouped by the millions into audiences. I mean, I guess I was too custom or something. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you can dial in and say like, uh, you know, something too specific, but typically, no. It's a pretty big audience. No, you're right. It, it's, it can't
0: hurt to be more cautious than not with uh, display volume.
1: All right, we've got a question from Karen from Tel Aviv, Israel. Hey guys! First of all, I love your podcast. You're so funny, Chris. You see that part? She says Chris at the end. I
0: do. I'll I'll make believe and say I see it there too because I know you need that.
1: <laughs> Thank it's you. Okay, if you need, everyone knows that it's not true. Thank you. But uh, if you need it, mm-hmm. we'll give it to you. I'm the funny one. My question is regarding the targeted locations. If I'm not including some geos in my locations, but not excluding them. Will I still get traffic from those geos? I didn't include. This is a great question. This is a very basic question that I think a lot of people don't ask. Yeah, th- this is a
0: basic thing, but it's it's so, as a famous fighter said, it's super necessary. It's extremely necessary, Chris, to understand this. And um, Just so you have a reference, Chris, one time a guy knocked a guy out with a knee he was sleeping on the mat, like he curled over and was sleeping. And then he finished it up by hammering his head twice with fist. Oh and the reporters after the fight gosh. go, were those fists necessary after he was out? And the guy goes, they were super necessary. <laughs> so,
1: because <laughs> he you said watch? that's his
0: job. Is What kind of, oh. MMA. Um, okay, so Chris, I'm in my campaign here, search campaign. Probably the same on display, but I'm just looking to search at the moment. I'm in settings. I'm in locations. Pretty sure it's the same on display. It is. And I have my location set. But then under that, there's a dropdown that says location options. And let's say I'm searching, I target New York City as my location. Then when you do location options under target, it says target there. And then you have three options. Three, what we used to call back in the day, I really like the name advanced location options or settings. I love the word advanced there. I think it fits, but they took it away just says location options. And now you can do, which is, I think the default, because it says recommended people in or who show interest in your target location. So to answer your question, Karen, yes, if you target New York city and set on that default people in or who show interest in your targeted location, and you have a word, say movers, moving companies people in New York City, if you're targeting New York City, are going to see your ad when they search the word moving companies. But then people in anywhere else on the planet Earth could see your ad if they're showing interest in your target location and do a search, moving companies in New York City. Oh, but is it that simple? No, it's a little more complex because it's show interest in. So it could be from this, this keyword there. Or I believe this if someone does a bunch of searches about New York city Mm -hmm. and then 10 seconds later happens to search the word moving company. I think they're going to see an ad for a New York city moving company who's targeting New York and doing people in or show interest in, because I've experienced this myself. I'll search for New York city movers, movers, New York city, something like that. And then a second later, I'll just search moving companies or movers and I'll still see those New York city ads. Yep. So that's your first option. So yes, uh, your second option is people in or regularly in your target location, and that would be you target New York City. So you're going to show up to people who are in New York City or who are regularly in New York City. What does that mean? We don't know. We don't have the black box. We would think it means probably people who commute there or something like that. Uh, and then the final one, people searching for your targeted location. That's a great mystery to Chris and I. It mm-hmm. always sounds so interesting. Yeah. We've never pulled the trigger on it. <laughs> I would love to know. I'll speak for myself. I've never pulled the trigger on it. <laughs> no, I haven't. I'd love to hear from Chris as, if he has. And I would love to know from people how that's worked out for them. But those are your options, Karen. If you only want people in your location to show, to see your ad, you would do people in irregularly regularly in your target location. If you want to open it up to people who show interest in and people in, you would do that first one, people in or who show interest in. You can also do excluded locations and you can be like, okay, yes, I want people in the United States to see my ad about New York City when they show an interest in New York City, but I don't want people in the world to see it. Well, then you would do excluded locations of every other country in the world, but then leave it as people in or show interest in on your targeting with exclusions. It's the same thing. You can do people, you can exclude people in or who show interest in your excluded locations, or you can do people in your exclude location. So, Chris, did I sum it up there? That's it. Beautiful.
1: I have literally nothing to add. Move on to the next question.
0: Just so everyone knows, the universe knows, Chris included a garbage question right there. And uh, I decided to override and not read the question because it's a garbage question. It's a garbage way of thinking. What? And I'm not going to be associated with something so scammy as what I just what just I read and came out of my mouth. So moving on, I want to remind everyone we have an archive of the first 100 episodes. You can buy individual episodes. Check out paidsearchpodcast.com. Go to the archive page and uh, get whatever of our first 100 episodes you want to see. So, Chris, you're next up here, buddy, with a question. I believe it comes from John from London, and I believe you better wipe that smirk off your face and start reading the question, because we got
1: a podcast to do here. Sir, yes, sir. Okay, and uh, second, it's uh, Josh from London. Uh, Josh from London in the UK. Good point. Good point. Thanks for the correction. I'm glad we
0: got that accurate.
1: Okay, Um. Josh says, uh, and I know he, he sent more, but I'm going to, just for sake of time, I'm going to cut it down and s- get straight to his question. He says, how and when would you use each kind of account structure and why? This would give me the confidence to make any type of PPC account, local business, national, global campaigns, e-commerce, search campaigns, uh, thanks a bunch. So he's he's talking about different ways of structuring campaigns and, you know, as you know, it de- it can always depend on the type of company you're working with, budget, things like that. So, when do you know when to use certain kinds of count structures and why?
0: How did Michelangelo know what piece to put at the top of the Sistine Chapel, Chris? I mean... I'm an artist. What do you want me to say? Like,
1: oh come on! It is. I have an answer. Oh come on! Oh contraire,
0: what do you? I will about answer, here, Chris. How how can I possibly answer? I can't because I pride hey, myself pick on my me. structure. Pick me. I pride myself on my structure. Pick me. Pick me. I pride myself on my structure. <sighs> so this is like getting a gourmet chef to admit that there is such thing as rare. Yeah. Medium rare. Medium. <laughs> uh, well done. It's like, <laughs> no, I will not admit that. <laughs>
1: Well, let me answer. Right, you go ahead. Let's see. Let's see how you take a shot. I'm gonna because I'm all about just being. When it comes down to it, Josh, let me tell you the secret. All this elegance of campaign builds that we talk about. Just detail after strategy, and number of keywords, and how many ads in each, and you know whether I'm going to build things based on the number of uh, uh, pages they have on their website, and 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 how many different ways people can search geographically, all that stuff. It comes down to this: the very first thing that I look at, and it's going to determine whether I'm going to go into the most glorious Michelangelo build you've ever seen, or if I'm just going to go straight. Dry cut, it's just meat and potatoes kind of stuff. Budget—that's that, what it comes down to. If if I'm giving a a glorious website with tons of different pages, and the CPC is three dollars each on average, that's how much typically the costs are, and they give me five hundred dollars to work with, I'm gonna go with meat and potatoes, right? I mean, they may have. 16 different service pages and 16 different things they want to advertise but in the end budget's going to determine that my account structuring and my build is going to look very basic it's going to cut to the most important aspect of what they want built that's it because nothing trumps uh the budget i mean it doesn't matter they say hey, chris we want to advertise this why aren't we showing up here the whole answer to everything they're asking is you don't have enough money I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, you don't have enough money. Nope, I can't do it. I can't show on everything all the time. So same scenario, three dollar CPCs. Um, they want, you know, they have a gorgeous website with tons and tons of services, geo pages, but they have five thousand dollars to work with. Okay, now Michelangelo Michelangelo, whoa, 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 can paint. He can paint and he can he he can make a magnificent masterpiece because he has the tools available to him to make it happen. Uh so that's it. That's it.
0: I like I like I like that answer, Chris. Of course I you do. It's the, you it's got me the thinking, answer. um it's the answer. You got me thinking in terms of structure, I think we've both come to this realization over the last couple of years. When you start a campaign, start an account, there's no such thing as structure. No. There's like a campaign. There's like an ad group. Maybe if we're motivated, we'll do two. (laughs) And then there's something called keywords. Right. Obviously, I'm being a little, uh, doing a little exaggeration here. But yes, we both come to the realization that you don't know what you don't know. Every market's different. Every city's different. Every industry's different. Every client is different. The way their uh, company performs. So you really can't go wrong starting small and building from there. So in terms of structure, that would be my main advice for Josh. Like get a very slim down, bare bone structure that you're comfortable starting with. And I don't think anybody can beat Chris and I in that regard because we really
1: yeah, have honestly. come to
0: this realization that it takes years to to actually realize it and accept it and actually know that it's right because it seems so counterintuitive. But it's all for me, it's all about starting with a very bare bones thing that you can grow out anytime and very quickly. It has to be something that can be built on. So you have to get the structure right at the beginning. And then in terms of what structure becomes after that for each client and stuff like that, I can't give you that answer because it really is art. Do you not listen to me, Chris? I've already done the archive ad before this question, so you don't need to paste it down there. I guess I just say words and they go into your ears and you just don't even hear it because I did already do that read. But to finish up, Chris just pasted something on our production sheet, everyone. But anyway, uh, for Josh, I would say focus on the starting structure. Get your game really good with starting simple and being able to build simple campaigns in a way that can be added on as time goes on. And then from there, every structure, honestly... For each client, it always is just different based on what we see in the industry, what we see in that market, what we see for that client, what their particular needs are. Clients have very particular needs in terms of the way they need campaign set up sometimes. So it just, it it differs, but I've, the main advice is focus on a very bare bones structure that you can build on very quickly when the time comes to build on top of it. That's where my structured thoughts are these days, Chris. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, Jason, we've got a couple more minutes here. I think we have uh, time for uh, two more. So read us a question from Nancy in Atlanta.
0: All right. Hi, guys. I could really use your help. I want to set up a remarketing campaign with Google Display ads that would reach prior website visitors, people who work or are interested in a specific industry, and exclude client employees. Since the website is set up by services rather than industries, I cannot remarket to specific page visitors. Therefore, I was going to combine our total remarketing list with display topics relevant to the target industry. I was just told this is a terrible idea because I will be reducing my reach, impressions, and frequency drastically by not remarketing across the entire Google platform, rather, they suggested we create... I always want to know who they are, Chris. Like, we get a lot of, like, questions. Probably Google like, reps. said do this. Could be Google reps. Could be... Sometimes I think it's other consultants. People oh, yeah. Work with.
1: That's true. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, rather, they suggested we create industry-specific search campaigns with... Industry-specific landing page. Oh, this had to be an agency. Yeah, uh, that's to use true. for. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, laugh and ugly with me, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> you're very you're a very introverted person. Even when you laugh, Chris, you don't laugh to the world. You laugh no. into your soul. Because no. I just saw a natural laugh. You go. <laughs> Rather, I suggest that we create industry-specific Finish
1: the question,
0: gosh, (laughs) with with industry-specific landing pages to use for display remarketing.
1: Please let me know your thoughts. thoughts. Many things. Okay, thoughts. (laughs) Um. Thank you, Nancy, uh, for the question. So, the, I, I totally agree that I, I, I would not combine remarketing with topics uh, because you will greatly limit the amount of traffic that you get. And you'll end up not reaching everybody in the way that you want to reach them. So... Um, the thing is... Can't I,
0: you exclude IPs like or locations like that zip code of the office to exclude the
1: client employees? That was, that's a good question because she wanted to exclude client employees. So, yes, you can exclude IP address. So, you can put a wild card on an IP address, put in the first... Or the zip code that the, the office is in it. You know? eh, yeah, that's true. While they're at the office, that's true. You could do that. But IP address is one. Zip code is another. You could do that. Um, assuming it's not like a local company. Maybe it's a, a nationally or... or Area oh, yeah, serving company. Um, so when it comes down to it, for something like this, I have to say, I mean.
0: Or you could just suck it up and let the client employee see the remarketing ads. I don't think that's the worst
1: it's gonna thing. It's going to cost like a couple right? cents per click. Yeah. I mean, maybe you impress your boss. Even if they click. Because yeah. they're like, oh, I see and then your then also, you
0: remarket, remarket, Remarket to those employees. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, show them that this company is boss and they they need to stick with the company. Grow that brand in the
1: employee mind. Nothing wrong with that. Everybody would think you're so cool because, like, I see our ads everywhere. We're amazing. Um, So in the end, I think that um, the reason we were laughing is because it's such a big ask to redevelop a website in order to go with industry-specific. And in the end, I'll tell you, when it comes to industry stuff... I don't think that you're going to get what you want because everybody thinks they're you. Everybody's a snowflake. Everybody thinks they're unique and different when it comes to industry. You can't always get
0: what you want. Yeah.
1: yeah. Everybody thinks, Oh, well that's retail, but I'm not really retail because I do this and this. So they never go to the right page. They never land where they're supposed to land. The thing is, I don't think doing this will suddenly help everybody Self categorize themselves and enable you to deliver the right kind of uh, ads. I think the best answer is instead of complicating something and redesigning websites and possibly making your website less effective by forcing people into self categorizing themselves through industry specific pages, just be creative with your ads. You know, serve multiple industries in different types of ads. Create some HTML5 ads that show. Well, a variety I, of I messages. have.
0: I have seen the power of remarketing to specific audiences for a business, Mm -hmm. like people who are interested in a specific service line. But
1: that's because you already have it laid out like that. Would you advocate rebuilding a website just for that purpose? If I sold websites
0: and made money from it, yes. (laughs) Oh, was that too honest? No, Chris, uh... No, I don't think – well, it depends. If you want to do that, have a good time. And and if you think it's worth it, build out the website. But, Chris, one thing I think you can do, those audiences, like you were saying it earlier in the show, they can be huge on Google Ads, those audiences, right? They can be huge. So here's the best answer, Nancy. This is going to be a great answer. Oh. Yes, target oh. versus observation. Oh, I love the way we just read each other's minds. Mm. If you and I were in a relationship, it would just be perfect, Perfect. Chris. We would know when the other one needs space. We would know what the other one wants for dinner. Zero words would have to be said or even worse, misunderstood. Mm. It would take care of all that. You heard before the show, I was like, say hi to Chris. Hi, Chris. Come on. No, it would be you and me. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. But uh, no, Uh, but yes, that was some legit podcasting mind reading right there. That was a magic moment. We'll finish it. Target versus observation, (laughs) Nancy. Target versus observation. Do whatever you think you need to do with your specific industries and and audiences that you want to layer on top of the remarketing audience, but set them up as observation first and see what kind of traffic comes in. See number one, if it validates you with better performance in terms of click-through rate, in terms of time on site, and bounce rate and conversions if you're getting conversions and also see if there's enough volume there. And then if there is, then do targeting with it and, and layer it on top. But I think target versus observation is your answer.
1: Yeah. Yep. You can, you can test it without taking the risk. Beautiful. I mean, like if there isn't a better scenario when that's what that's invented for, then I don't know what is. So all right, last question. Dave from our wonderful Patreon group um, asked a question, and you can join us on Patreon, paidsearchpodcast.com. Click on the Patreon, uh, two bucks a month, and we have a little extra section where we answer additional questions and have a little community there. So, And before I get to uh, our wonderful Dave from our Patreon group, let me tell you again, optio.com slash PSP. It's the complete Google Ads Management Toolkit. Optimize your account with data-driven metrics, increase your keyword bids, pause your losing ads, visually see things that you would not see in the typical Google Ads interface. You can see uh, and, and change things, lots of different improvement types. You, know, you get tired of seeing the same screen, you need some pep in your step when it comes to making management changes. This is the tool for you. It's very affordable. You're going to like it and you can't get more affordable for six weeks free. I mean, that's a great price. So you can't beat that. Go check it out. OPTEO.com slash PSP. Get a six week extended trial beyond the 30 days. It's a six week trial instead of 30 days. Try it out. You're going to like it as many of our listeners have already found out.
0: Thanks, Chris. And I want to thank Directive Consulting. Directive Consulting is the go-to search engine marketing agency for B2B and enterprise campaigns. More communication, more accountability, and more ROI than just traffic. Directive offers dedicated teams, daily communication, rapid execution, and predictable ROI. Go to their website, directiveconsulting.com. Look at their case studies of their B2B and enterprise campaigns, PPC, SEO, landing pages, social media marketing. They do it all. Go to directiveconsulting.com and get a free
1: custom proposal today. Dave says, Chris, Jason, I love the podcast and the Patreon show. I would love your take on auction insight reports as well as any challenges related to monitoring your competition. Okay. So he says...
0: No, uh, no, no. Finish that question. Yeah, finish that question. It was very interesting. And I want you to finish that right oh, okay. now. Okay, Okay.
1: sorry. As well as any challenges related to monitoring your competition that you might have successfully or unsuccessfully grappled with in the past. There you go. That's the rest of the sentence. On my end, I find that one of our main or most aggressive competitors hardly ever shows up on the report. But I do see them appearing pretty often on the same search engine pages of our websites, our, of our ads. Sorry. Sorry. I could see it that it's a fluke, but in all honesty, I'm not buying the fact that they would be so far down the list on the impression shares that they would not even make the list of the Auction Insights report. Jason, take it away. Yeah. So, Chris, in terms of
0: Auction Insights reports, we've done an Auction Insights reports episode. Yes. Um, I believe. Let me just. Let me just get this answer. You can search auction insights reports, paid search, podcast. Go ahead, Chris. Well,
1: let me say, when it comes to auction insights reports, I think, Dave, you had the right idea, is that things that you implemented based on that, Successfully or unsuccessfully, I think what Dave is essentially saying is it 's very wishy washy There are very often some metrics and some some things that you can implement and, and imply based on what you see that can cause you to make changes that is you know very up and down so a lot of times when it comes down to it. You have to understand this, and I'll let you take it from here, Jason. You have to understand that Insights Report only gives you numbers based on where you are overlapping and how it's affecting other people's ads. So, if you have these set of keywords and you're advertising at this time of day for this geographic area, you're not going to see Auction Insight Reports for things that don't relate to that targeting. So, that's the wishy-washy part that a a lot of people don't understand. It does not represent the entire market. It only represents your search impression share. It only represents your geographic area, your time of day, your keyword targeting. So you may not see anyone, but it may have to you may be seeing ads for that person because they're remarket their search remarketing you. You may not realize it, but you may be on one of their Yeah, audiences. it doesn't give you all the answers. So, so yeah, in the end, it does not give you all the answers. It's a very imperfect, non-complete picture. Go ahead from there. Wow.
0: So if you if you go to YouTube and you do what to look for in the Auction Insights report in Google Ads, you'll see a question we answered about it. And then if you do how to find secret data on your competitors in AdWords, you'll see our episode on it. But I think Chris, the the specific question of I see my competitor all over the preview tool when we're looking at our ads, but I don't see them as much in the auction insights report. Where's that gap? Well, it could just be a gap in the reporting and it could be not fully accurate. But another mistake I've seen people make is if you go into Google ads, you go to campaigns right there at the top, it says auction insights, and you can look at your auction insights for your time range for your entire account. Okay. But if you select an individual campaign, And then the blue pop-up comes up and it, or the bar, and it says auction insights on that blue bar. You can look at the auction insights report for that specific ad uh, campaign. And then what else you can do is you you can look at the specific auction insights for an ad group and specific auction insights for a keyword. If you select a keyword. Mm -hmm. So Chris, I've run into that issue where I'd be like, oh, I see them all the time, but then I look at my action insights and I don't see that they're there a lot. And I'm like, oh, I've got tons of different types of campaigns in here. Let me look at it as a specific campaign, or even more accurate, a specific ad group, a specific keyword, or a few specific keywords grouped together. That's where you can really get some data. And Chris, I've seen very accurate data when I've gotten that specific with my selecting. So I would bet that is a possibility that that's what's going on.
1: And Dave, look at the top of the screen when you do auction insights. There's a there's a percentage there that says this was based on percentage number of keywords or impressions or whatever that I forget that that metric is. But it gives, it tells you right there that it's based on a right. minority does, yeah. of information. So I mean that that great tells you point. alone that it's. Oh, that you it's, are good at what you do, Chris. That is a <laughs> great point. <laughs> That's a great point <laughs> so it's, it's it's a it's a shotgun approach anyway because it's only basing it on a finite amount of data and then you can't draw super tight conclusions based on just a you know a minority of uh, of data so that's it. hope that's useful. um we have two more questions to answer, which we will answer on the patreon. they are so sp- no, this
0: party does not stop chris PaidSearchPodcast.com. dot com click the ad p s p patreon show go over there, sign up. We do a show. That is twice as long. No, I'm not going to it. Why would a lie come out like that? <laughs> why would I lie like that? No, it's about 20, 30 minutes each week. An extra after show, bonus show.
1: If you're interested in Patreon, just so you know, um, a lot of times it has to do with the business of PPC. So we're, we're going to be answering questions from other agencies, other freelancers, other people that are you know trying to get started with stuff. So these are going to be about, uh, these two particular questions have to do with uh Uh, landing pages and business of google ads and things like that so if you're into that at all or you think you might want to be join us and other than that um we will catch you guys later thanks for listening